Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what in the heck works with social media. I am super excited about today's show. Today, we're going to explore how to grow your email list using social media with our special guest, Amy Porterfield, co-author of Facebook Marketing All-in-One for Dummies. I'm also going to explore a really cool tool and also a caller question about Facebook. So let's go ahead and start with this really cool discovery that I've recently made. After introducing a vegetarian diet to piranhas, look what Michael Stelzner discovered. Have you ever wanted to listen to more than just podcasts? For example, let's say that you're on the move a lot and you don't have a lot of time to read maybe a long article from Social Media Examiner or maybe a PDF file, but you do have the desire to want to listen to it. Well, there's a really cool tool called SoundGecko, G-E-C-K-O, SoundGecko.com. And this tool will go ahead and convert whatever it is you want into audio. And as a matter of fact, let me just go ahead and play a sample from an article from Social Media Examiner. Are you trying to measure your social media return on investment, ROI? Do you need to measure the social performance of your business? To learn how to determine the ROI for social media marketing, I interview Nicole Kelly for this episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. So you can see it's actually pretty cool. Um, All I needed to do was put the URL in there and it went ahead and processed it and made it so that I can listen to this file. And they have an app that you can get on your um, smart device so that you can listen to it. And what's really cool is that you can actually set up an RSS feed. So for example, if you've got a favorite blog that you want to listen to, uh, you can set it up and get notified. You can pop in a PDF file. Uh, You can forward emails to it. You can even do additional voices. They've got a free version and then they've got a a pro version, which is about $3 a month. Uh, I think it's really pretty cool. And I think for the right person, it's worth checking out. So check it out, soundgecko.com. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Now with that, let's go ahead and transition over to this week's caller question. After introducing a vegetarian diet to piranhas, look what Michael Stelzner discovered. Hi, Michael. This is Cynthia Sanchez from Oso Pinteresting, and I have a question about Facebook today. I've heard it mentioned a couple of times that it's a good idea to include an image with your Facebook post to draw more attention. 
Now, when it comes to sharing websites or blog posts and using a screenshot, what should be included in that screenshot? Should I include the header image and the title of the article or just the featured image of the article? I want to make sure I'm giving enough credit to the original source, um, so I'm doing it in a, in a legal kind of way, if you will. Of course, I link back to it in the description or, or my comment about that post, but what should be included in the actual image? Thanks so much for your help. I'm really enjoying the podcast. Have a great day. Cynthia, that's a great question. Um, first and foremost, a little tip is make sure that when you do take a screenshot, it's square. And the reason it needs to be square, and on a Mac, for example, you can do this by holding down the shift key when you do the screenshot so that you have the same width and the length. And not only should it be square, but I, the ideal size is about 400 by 400 or 500 by 500 pixels. And um, the reason this is important is because Facebook shrinks it down when it puts it in the newsfeed. And if it's rectangular, for example, like it's very tall or very wide, it will end up cropping it in the newsfeed in a way that you won't like. Now, um, what we do at Social Media Examiner when we do employ this strategy is we try to get the title and the uh, first couple of paragraphs and hopefully the retweet number that's in there as well because that serves as a form of social proof. But if you're talking about someone's blog that's not your own blog, well, then I think you probably want to try to get the masthead or the logo included in that. Um, but I don't think it's totally necessary as long as you give attribution uh, in the post. So, for example, if you say a great new post from Social Media Examiner and you at tag Social Media Examiner, um, I think that's totally cool if you don't actually grab the social media examiner logo, but you kind of get the core beginning of the article. One of the reasons why I think this is an effective method is because the screenshot allows you to grab a lot more of the text, if you will, the first few paragraphs of the article than what might normally be the case if you were to just have the feed pull in uh, through Facebook. So I hope that's helpful. Um, and I'm by no means an attorney, so I can't really tell you what is legal and what is not legal. I can only tell you from our own personal experience what works. So I hope folks will give it a shot. And if you uh, who are listening have any particular uh, experience with this, we'd love you to visit the show notes and tell us a little bit more about how uh, you've done this. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit later about how to get to those show notes. Now, if you want to get your question answered potentially in a future episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast, you can do that by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash voicemail. Uh, this allows you to just record directly from your computer and it's very very easy and uh, if we like your question we may include it in a future podcast all right well i know you've been waiting for this awesome interview that's coming up next so let's go ahead and transition over to that right now to help simplify your social safari here's this week's special guest i'm very excited to be joined today by amy porterfield if you don't know who amy is she's the co-author of the book facebook marketing all in one for dummies She's also the host of the awesome new podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy, and she specializes in online training and blogs at amyporterfield.com. Amy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So today, Amy and I are going to explore how social media can help you grow an email list of prospects. Yes, there is a connection. If you're looking to get leads, this is going to be the episode for you. So um, Amy, let's just start with kind of a high level, share a little bit about what you do and, and a little bit about your list. 
Okay. So I primarily focus on Facebook marketing, but what I noticed over the years is Facebook and social media is a great place to grow your leads. And since I'm an online marketer, my email list is really the heart of my business. So over the last few years in January, 2010, I really didn't have an email list. I think maybe 600 people max. And I thought, okay, I've got to do something about this. So over the last few years, I've made a conscious effort to really focus on how can I put content out there that will attract leads. So I've done a lot of different things in order to attract online marketers, entrepreneurs, small business owners to my content in order to get them interested enough to sign up for free giveaways and grow my list. So now it's about 50,000 and it's a really engaged list. So I offer great value in my email list, but I also promote and it's a great place to get my programs and products out there as well. So we should... I share a little bit about your business model, just because some people that are listening might have similar business models and they might perk up a little bit. Okay. So what I do is I create info products. So online marketing products for people that want to learn how to use Facebook to grow their business and to get more traffic to their website. So I teach people how to get more engagement, how to use Facebook ads. And I do this through online training programs that people can access from anywhere at any time in order to really dive in and learn how to build their business with social media. Now, if you're listening to this this right now and um, you don't have online information products, I still believe that if you're a consultant, for example, or a coach, Or if you even sell physical products, what Amy's going to be talking about today is going to be very relevant to you. Or even if you sell very, very expensive products and you work for a big corporation, these are all interesting tactics and strategies. And lead generation is is obviously a big thing that's been around forever. And I'm excited to talk about kind of the connection with uh, social. So um, first of all, um, what do you say, Amy? because I know you and I both come from this world of social media, to the social media purist who's listening right now and says, oh, I don't know if I need a list. I can just focus on the social media side of things. What do you say to that person? You know, a few years ago, I might have said, yeah, that makes sense for some people. But because social media has become so saturated and there's a million messages a minute, I feel that Social media alone isn't enough in order to really get the exposure your business needs. Now, what I mean by that is social media is great to build relationships, make connections, and even sell your programs, products, and services. But when you pair that with an email list, now your audience is seeing you on Facebook. They're watching videos of you on YouTube and maybe seeing you on Twitter, and they're getting an email from you periodically. And so when they see that email, your top of mind, or when they see you on Facebook, they just saw you in their email list and now they're thinking about you more. So it's just a great combination to have both in order to get the exposure and to stay top of mind with your audience. And I just want to add a little bit here at social media examiner. I think that, um, it's really our email list. That's the core of everything that we do because we have 193,000 people that get our email well, actually six days a week, which is not normal. Um, we are constantly in front of a lot of people. And I believe that that's what makes us so successful. It's not necessarily just having a huge number of fans on Facebook or a lot of Twitter followers, because at the end of the day, and I think Amy, you'll acknowledge this, that even with Facebook, we're probably only reaching 16% every time we, we put out a post. Um, but with email, the good news is we know we're going into the inbox of all those people. Now, whether they open it and whether they read it is an entirely different subject, but the fact is, I think there's no better way 
than email. So let's talk about what marketers can do. Hopefully we've made the case that you got to have an email list and you want to grow it. So what can marketers do, Amy, um, to increase their list size? What are some of the things you're doing? Well, one of the things that I love to do, and I've created this over the last few years and really perfected it, was to create signature promotional giveaways. I call them my SPGs, but they're basically free valuable offers that you give away in exchange for name and email. First, though, I want to back up a bit and say that these days, a name and email is precious to most of us because the last thing we want to do is sign up for a bunch of lists and get tons of email in our inbox every day. So people are very, very careful these days as to who they're going to give their name and email out to. And one of the ways for you to get people to actually want to give you their name and email is to make sure you're creating some awesome content that they've just got to have. And that's what I call the signature promotional giveaway. So let me give you an example. When I made the decision, all right, I've really got to start focusing on my email list. I decided that once a quarter, I was going to create webinars and I would be doing a free 60 minute webinar and you just had to opt in and you could get live access to me and ask questions and get great content. I do this every single quarter. That way there's always fresh content going out and people can expect to get some great content for me and all they have to do is sign up for my webinar. So I got a system behind it and that really helped me. So webinars and also eBooks are free video series that you might create, all of those tend to be high value pieces of content that you can put out there in exchange for name and email. Yeah. And, and just to extend this a little further at social media examiner, uh, every spring we come out with our social media marketing industry report. And what we experimented with in 2012 was to give the report away for free for about two weeks. And then after those two weeks, we asked people to opt into our newsletter to get the report. And we added about 10,000 people to our newsletter by first giving it away completely for free and letting everybody go crazy viral over it and the scarcity aspect, right? Because it was only for, it was only like freely accessible for like two weeks. And then, you know, saying, if you want to get the report, get on our list and get our updates. So these kinds of things, these, what what did you call this? A unique what? Signature promotional giveaways. Yeah. So this stuff really works. I mean, and it's got to be good though, right? Otherwise people aren't going to want to want to opt in. I always say, make it your premium content, the best of the best stuff you have, turn that into a free giveaway. And you know, one more tip on giveaways. One of the best tips I ever got was from Derek Helpern of Social Triggers. I know you and I are both friends with Derek. And what he told me is that on your blogs, I know we have a lot of bloggers listening on your blog at the end of a blog post, experiment with putting an opt-in right at the end of a blog post, because if someone's going to come to your blog, read your entire article, get to the end, well, they are a hot lead for you. They're genuinely interested in what you're putting out there. So why not offer them an opportunity to continue to hear from you as you put out great content? So that opt-in underneath a blog post has proved to be really valuable on my website and a lot of my clients as well. So that's one more way to get opt-ins. And I want to add a little bit of finesse to this because it isn't just, hey, if you want to hire us as a consultant, fill out this form, right? It's a, hey, if you want more of this kind of great content, um, sign up and we will send you more, right? So you have to kind of make sure that what you give them (laughs) is more of what they've already received. And this is where so many marketers get it wrong because that call to action that you've been referring to traditionally has been, you know, hey, if you want more, 
supply or service. And that's not exactly what we're talking about. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. I always say, you've got to ask the question, what's in it for them? Why should they give you their name and email? And it's not so they could spend money with you. You're, you're jumping the gun if that's the case. So yeah, you really got to focus on that premium content. Now, one of the things you do really well is, um, video and webinars kind of combined on Facebook. Um, can you kind of share a little bit about the strategy and how that all works? Yes, this is truly my secret sauce for my business and what it works really well for me. And I've seen it work for others as well. So what I do, and you can translate this into other things. It doesn't have to just be a webinar, but because I do these quarterly webinars, what I do is I make a two minute video, short video that basically says, Hey guys, Amy Porterfield here. I have this new webinar coming up. Here's what's in it for you. So I do three or four bullets as to why they would want to sign up. I say, click the link below. I'll see you on the webinar. So I make it short and sweet because any video you put on social media, you have a sliver of their attention when people are watching it. So make sure to make it short and you have a strong call to action. So what I do is I take this video, I post it on my Facebook page and I, in the status update, I link to my opt-in page. Now the opt-in page can be inside of Facebook on a custom app or outside of Facebook on your website. That part doesn't really matter. What matters is you have this video and now you can turn it into a page post ad. So I have a lot of things going on, but they're pretty simple. I make a video, I post it on my Facebook page. Then I go into the Facebook ads and I promote that ad And so now it's getting seen by my fans and non-fans as well. And that way I'm able to fill up my webinars every single time. And I really do believe it has to do with that personal touch of the video. Okay. So let's like analyze this a little bit. Are you creating a video for the registration page that's separate from a video that you're perhaps posting on Facebook? Are they one in the same or is the video only, for example, for Facebook? They're one in the same. So I can post it on YouTube and I can post it on Facebook. And then when they go to the registration page, is there an actual video on the registration page or is it just some text with a little form that says register? You know, I use the same video that they just watched on the opt-in page. And here's the reason why they don't need to watch it again. It doesn't autoplay, but it's there because if someone's on Facebook, and this is a great lesson for anybody interested in driving traffic from Facebook outside of Facebook, if you link to something and they click the link and you take them outside of Facebook, but they still see something similar, like they still see that video they just saw of me, there's a connection. I'm not sending them to some foreign website that they've never been to. So making that instant visual connection will continue to keep their trust. And so you can get that opt-in from them. So I put the same video on the opt-in page as they see on Facebook. So I know you've already got a big list and I know you you're an experimenter. So and I know you do a lot of these like sponsored posts and stuff on Facebook. Have you been able to track the percentage or number of registrants that you're able to get uh, via your Facebook um, activities versus, you know, your email and your other kinds of activities? So that's such a great question. And I'll tell you that I get more signups from my email list than I do for the ads that I post on Facebook. So out of everything I do to promote, let's say my webinars, my first um, big list building strategy will come from the people from my email list. But here's what's important to remember. Most of the people on my email list, I got them through Facebook. So they're directly connected. It just turns out that when you have someone on your email list, they're more likely to take action because they have a deeper connection with you. But I also continue to market on Facebook to the fans I already have and new fans, because here's the deal. 
Studies show that if someone sees you on Facebook, sees you in an ad, sees you in their newsfeed, and then they see you in their email box, they're more likely to open your email. Uh, So So that's why I make sure I have that connection. I I cover all my bases. So um, these webinars, I'm imagining you're not just giving away free content and using them for list acquisition. I'm imagining you're also selling your products and services via these webinars. I am. I make sure that I always do about 60 minutes of pure, great content. So if you buy from me or if you don't buy from me, you walk away with something great. But I always tell people how they can do business with me at the end of a webinar. What's been your experience with the sponsored post? Because I know you do a lot of that. And I I know you may not realize this, but it gets you a lot of high profile exposure to a lot of your friends and colleagues and and, and fans. Um, How has it been for you? You know, it's such an interesting thing. For a while, over the last year, people have been coming up to me, people I know, people I don't know, and they'll say, Amy, your business must be exploding. You you sound, you seem like you're doing really, really good. And although my business has been doing great, they have no idea. So I figured, how the heck, why are people thinking that? The reason being is they're seeing my ads and there's just something about seeing somebody in an ad and you think, oh gosh, they must have their act together. They're going pro here. They've got their ads everywhere. So it's interesting that If you really make an effort to make sure your ads are seen by the people that really matter to your brand, there's a perception that you're, you're kicking some butt. So it's really interesting how that works. Now, um, I'm sure you've experimented with video versus photograph. Do you have any idea which one works better? Yes. I have had the experience with my own business as well as my clients that the ads with video in them tend to convert better. And here's what's really cool about video and Facebook ads. When you upload a video to your Facebook page and then you turn it into an ad, the ad, whether it's in that right-hand column on Facebook or if it's in the newsfeed, it has a big play button inside that video box. You cannot get that play button in an ad unless you really do upload an ad. You can't fake it in an image anymore like you could in the past. So because that play button is universal that we all are click happy and we want to click play, more people are going to engage with your ad. So definitely I've seen a lot better conversion with my video ads versus image ads. Okay. So, so far we've, we've, we've talked about webinars and we've talked about Facebook. Is that the main way that you're growing your list with social media? Are there any other tactics or techniques that you're focused on? You know, I always make sure that if I make a video, it goes on YouTube. I feel that YouTube is a great source of traffic and it's important that I continue to post there and I use other social media sites, but I will say If you had to pin me down, what was the number one way I grow my email list? It's consistent signature promotional giveaways every quarter. So I have to be really disciplined with that and always create fresh content. And so the webinars definitely in the Facebook ad. So I would agree. Now, what about your blog itself? Do you have any, um, any, any, um, insight as to whether or not the, the, the posts that you're posting up on your blog are bringing in some organic traffic and whether or not that's also helping with your list growth? That definitely does. Uh, it basically comes in second from my webinars and Facebook ads. I have a big feature box and a feature box is basically if you go to my website at the very top, there's an offer for free social media updates. And then there's an opportunity to give me your name and email. So that's what I call a feature box across the top that converts really well. And I also use something else that it always gets a bad rap, but it works well, really well for me is pop-up domination where you've been on my site for 30 seconds. It pops up an offer to get a free chapter of my book. 
that converts really, really well. I know people think it's annoying, but they still sign up for it. So I continue to use it. Well, and I'm going to affirm this too, because um, at Social Media Examiner, um, we uh, use an email service provider that happens to have um, the option to have a pop-up box. And uh, one of the capabilities is the ability to choose to only have it show up one time. And it puts a cookie on the browser of the, uh, the, the person that's coming. And um, we've been able to run the analytics and somewhere between 60 to 70% of all of our email subscribers opt in because of that pop-up box. Wow, that's incredible. And we have had 415,000 people since our inception um, opt into our email list in about three years and a couple months. And because we publish... You know, every day, obviously, there's this organic, natural, like, you know, not everybody sticks with it because as they learn, they, they've had enough, you know, so it's, right. it's constantly like self-cleansing, if you will. Now, now this leads me to, to my next question for you. Once someone's opted into your list, do you do anything special? Like, is there any kind of immediate response that they get when they get on your list? Yeah. So I think this is a huge piece of the the strategy that you can't overlook. So when someone opts into anything I have they instantly get an email thanking them for signing up for whatever it might be and then either delivering what I promised them or promising that the information is coming soon. So if it's a webinar, here's your login details, I'll see you in a few days kind of thing. Or if it's a free chapter, here's a link to download the free chapter. It's so important that you start that communication with them instantly once they opt in. You have their attention and you don't want to lose out on it. So there's a lot of studies that have been done about how often you should actually communicate with people on your email list. And if you do it too much, of course, you'll lose people. But what I found is that it's better to do it more often than not enough. If you, there was a study that said, if you don't email your list for 30 days or more, your opt outs are going to skyrocket when you do email them. And that was really surprising to me, but it makes sense. So tell me, what do you do during the off season then? I mean, what, how do you email people that are on your list if you don't have a webinar going on? So what I want, I always make sure is that I have what I call the value add emails going out regularly. So I try to email my list once a week and on the majority, I try to make it all about value add. So once in a while during my promotional phases, I'll promote, but I'll always email when I have a new blog post out, a new podcast, I'll email my list, give them a link to get more content, but I won't ask them to do anything, but just take in great content. Those um, value add emails are extremely important to continue to get people to open up your emails. One of the things that I picked up from, um, our mutual friend, Pat Flynn is to, when you, when people opt into your list is to provide in your initial email to them, uh, what to expect. And we have a little something that says, thanks for signing up for the social media examiner newsletter. And, um, and then I have what to expect in bold. And it says you'll be delivered, um, daily original content from social media examiner. And I say that right off the bat so that there's no surprise. <laughs> and so I, th- smart. I think that's, that's, and another thing that I learned somewhere along the way to kind of help reduce our unsubscribe rate is to, uh, indicate the number of people that are on the list. I don't know if you do this or not, Amy, but we have like serving 190, whatever thousand readers daily right up at the top, kind of like the McDonald's, you know, serving yep, I like billion. that. And by putting that in there, someone who receives that realizes that they're one of a huge group and maybe they'll think twice <laughs> before they unsubscribe. I think that's such a great, great tip. I think I'm going to steal that one for sure. But you reminded me with the Pat Flynn suggestion that part of getting your, uh, 
the health of your email list is going to depend on setting expectations. So I love that tip about telling them, here's what's going to happen next kind of thing. If you set the expectations early, they won't think you're emailing too much or too little. They'll know what to expect. And I think that's half the battle with keeping people engaged with your email list. Has there been anything that you've been experimenting with recently when it comes to list building that's kind of a new tip or idea that you're kind of dabbling with? You know, there's two things that maybe aren't completely new, but they're new to me that have been working really well. So I'd love to share them. The first one is not even a Facebook thing. It's click to tweet. Now, click to tweet has been around for a while, but basically it's a website that you can go to, you craft the tweet, and then you get a link. And then you can use that link anywhere And when someone clicks on it, it will actually populate a tweet inside their Twitter account that might say, Amy Porterfield has a new webinar. Come check it out here with a link to the webinar. So I like to put that click to tweet link on my thank you page when people opt in for my webinars. Now that they're already opted in, I know they're interested. So maybe they want to share it with their friends. So that has been a great way for me to grow my list. Okay, hold on. Let's pause on that for a second because a couple cool things that, that people are doing with this are... Um, Derek Halpern is actually taking um, quotables from his podcast scripts that are in his blog posts and um, creating clickable, tweetable text so that people can essentially um, click a button and the quote goes out in their Twitter stream and it drives them back to his podcast blog post. Oh, brilliant. I love that. And then what we're doing is when people buy tickets to our events, we have a little button that they can click that says, I'm attending Social Media Marketing World. So you can see how this is a really strong thing and you can do it in emails too. For example, um, when my podcast came out, I said, click here to help spread the word about the podcast. And it was a little tweet that says, um, check out Social Media Examiner's new podcast. So you can see how this stuff, if you make it easy for people, can be very powerful, right? Exactly. That's the trick. Make it as easy as possible. So what was your second thing you were going to say? The second one are Facebook offers. So Facebook offers are a type of Facebook ad, but basically they're a lot easier. They tend to be a lot cheaper and you set up an offer and you can do it for a freebie. So the one I example I use all the time is a good friend of mine was doing a three free, uh, three day free cleanse, a virtual cleanse online. So she was doing this to grow her email list. So she put out a Facebook offer. It kind of looks like a coupon, but it goes out into the newsfeed. Now here's what's cool. It goes out into the newsfeed and it basically says, click here to claim your free offer. You click it and Facebook sends you an email in your personal email account. The email you use to log into Facebook, it will send it to you. So it went to my personal Gmail account that I check a million times a day. And there Lisa's free day, three day cleanse ended up in my personal email box. So wait, can she, can she, can she control what text goes into that? She controls what text goes into it, but she can't really tweak the email, but she has a link in that email with her picture. I click on the link. I sign up for her cleanse. So now Facebook ads have gotten way better for list building because now you're getting into people's emails with your offer. So I think Facebook offers are a great thing to check out whether you're selling something or you're building your email list. You know, one of the questions that I think a lot of people are probably wondering right now is what does it cost to do a Facebook offer or what does it cost to to do some of these ads that you were talking about earlier. Can you kind of help address that a little bit? Yes. Specifically for Facebook offers, they work a lot like promoted posts. So if you're familiar with promoted posts, you know that you can pay a set fee 
in order to be seen by a certain amount of people. So for example, for a Facebook offer, I could say, okay, I want to pay $30 and Facebook will say, okay, on estimate, you'll reach between 2000 and 5,000 of your fans. Because as Mike mentioned earlier, not all of our fans are seeing our post in their newsfeed. So now you've got to pay to play in some situations. So for 30 bucks, I could be growing my email list with a lot of people because I'm reaching the fans, the people have already said they're interested mm. in what I'm putting out there. So Facebook offers promoted posts, I think, are the easiest and most inexpensive type of Facebook ads because you can do a lump sum and not pay per click. And the price is really um, highly variable depending on your um, your fan base, right? The larger the fan base, the higher the cost, right? Yes. And who you're targeting. So if I'm targeting um, a Facebook page that has a lot of fans and it's extremely active, I'm going to pay more to get to those fans because more people are bidding to get in front of those fans. Well, I hope everyone that's listening right now has been taking copious notes. And if you haven't, don't worry, you can catch them at the show notes and I'll tell you how to get to those a little bit later. Um, Amy, this has been really awesome. You've shared a ton of tips. If people want to learn more about you um, and all the great things that you're doing, where do you want to send them? Well, thanks so much. You can go to amyporterfield.com and there's a lot of great free content. And Amy Porterfield, it's P-O-R-T-E-R-F-I-E-L-D. Amy, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to uh, share a lot of your insight with us. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's been a blast. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview. Uh, I know we talked about a lot of great ideas that I hope you can employ for your marketing and for your business. If you want to check out any of the links that we mentioned, you can find them at our show note page, which is socialmediaexaminer.com slash 29. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, I'd love it if you'd share it with your friends. You can do that by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash love. And that will pre-populate a tweet in your Twitter stream, letting all your friends know that you enjoy this podcast. This does bring us to the end of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelzner. Uh, if you love the show, also, I would love it if you would consider going over to iTunes and giving us a written review uh, and a rating. And you can do that by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.